0: and finishing your very own oncology case report. Save your seat today at the OncoPT.com slash framework. Again, that's the OncoPT.com slash framework. Hey everybody, Elise here. Think back to when you first started working with patients who have a cancer diagnosis. What was one of the scariest things you did? If you answered an eval, then you are in great company because I get that all the time from my listeners. Well, today's a great episode for you, then, because we're going to be talking about five strategies to help you improve your oncology evals. Welcome to the OnCo PT podcast, where you'll learn from oncology experts, practitioners, and patients to help you on your journey to become a confident and competent OnCo PT. Here's your host, Elise Decker. Hello everybody and welcome to this episode of the Onco PT podcast. I'm really excited because I've got some something different that I'm doing today and it's actually a little bit of a recap of what I've been doing over the past few days. So for those of you who have not seen so far this past Sunday, so on September 13th, I started doing a workshop series called Kickstart Your Oncology Evalu- Evaluations. And this empowers you the oncology PT to know what questions to ask, what tested measures to perform, and ultimately what all of that information me- like means when you're doing an oncology evaluation and what you should do with that information. We need to know these things, we need to synthesize that information and get to the heart of what's going on so we can actually help our patients to the best of our ability right here right now. Because If you didn't know, there's a lot of patients out there who have cancer, and there's not enough people who can help them. There's not enough people, there's not enough oncology physical therapists out there who are excited and ready to start helping these patients. And that's simply unacceptable. So that's part of why I'm doing this workshop. So if you haven't tuned in to any of them so far, I'm doing day four, which is the last day of the workshop tonight at the time that I'm releasing this, on September 16th at 7 p.m. Central. And you can find that video on my Facebook Live. Again, I'll be going live on Facebook at 7 p.m. Central tonight, September 16th, and I will see you there. So what I wanted to do with our time today, though, is I wanted to cover some of the highlights, the most important, well, I won't say that, some of the most important points that I've been covering in the workshop it's not all of them I'm not giving you all of my good stuff until you actually go in and tune into that workshop but I'm going to be covering some of the big things that you need to know that we need to be implementing in order to have really effective and informative evaluations so a lot of times the eval is our first introduction to the patient You know, we're getting to know them. Maybe we've been introduced to them before. Maybe we've got to meet them previously. But that's not the case a lot of times. So the eval is our opportunity to get to know the patient, to establish that rapport, to build that relationship so that you can find out what that patient is having problems with and start helping them now. Again, these patients need you. These patients need your skills And a lot of times, PTs find that they get stuck on the evals, especially with oncology. And I think this has a lot to do with, you know, we're scared of patients who have cancer. Not all the time, but sometimes, especially when we first start. There's so much going on. You know, there's this entirely new diagnosis that we learned was a red flag in PT school. And... You know, what do we do with red flags? Well, we send them back to the um, referring provider and then we, that's it. That's all we do. Or at least that's what I learned. And we never actually covered what do you do with a patient after they're done. Okay, they've made it back to their primary care physician or whoever. They've gotten the tests or the whatever to get the diagnosis. They found out they have cancer. They're going to start treatment. Now what? Well, they still have problems that ultimately they need our help with. Maybe you're getting a patient who was diagnosed with cancer, you know, didn't have a problem beforehand, and now they're coming to you and they have these issues as a result of their cancer, as a result of their treatment side effects. So what what the heck do we do with these patients? Well, I'm covering part of that in my workshop series again. And what we're going to be doing today is going over five strategies that I want you to implement starting today with your patients in your evaluations and see what kind of progress you're going to make with just these five simple strategies. So starting with number one, the first thing that you need to know when you're doing an oncology evaluation is... Yes, we can actually help these patients. Again, I think we get so wrapped up in this idea of, ah, this person has cancer. I don't want to, I don't want to hurt them. Well, more than likely, you're not actually going to hurt them. You're going to help them. And we can't get started actually helping these patients until we get over this idea of these patients are fragile and they're medically unstable and we can't help them. So they may seem fragile and they may be medically unstable, but a lot of times your patients are going to be very ready, very appropriate to actually get in and help them. Now, you may have good days and you may have not so good days with your patients. Thinking about, you know, patients who are undergoing treatment, sometimes they're going to feel really good. They're going to feel really motivated. They're going to be very physically able to participate in the therapy you have planned for them. There's other days where they're not going to feel so good. And maybe you have to take a step back and not do as much as what you would like to do. The same concept goes for the eval. Maybe you have this plan in your mind of, okay, we're going to go through this test and measure and, you know, test and measures. I'm going to be asking these questions and this is exactly what we're going to do in the eval. And sometimes that just doesn't always happen. Sometimes you're going to Have a patient who can't tolerate all the great things that you have in mind, but know that you can still help them and you can still do some things with that patient. Maybe it's you just get them out of a chair. Maybe they just sit up on the edge of the bed. Maybe they walk from one chair to the next. I mean, tiny, tiny steps, but that still gives you information that you can then take and build a plan off of. So yes, we can actually do really, really good things for our patients. But you have to get started. And you have to get started somewhere. So you may as well start here. All right, next strategy that I want you to implement. Number two is listen. And I don't mean, you know, okay, yes, I'm listening to what you're telling me. I mean really listen. And listen more than you talk. Listen more than you ask. We were given one mouth and two ears. And yes, I know that is definitely a cliche, but it holds true. These patients are the experts on themselves. They may not know all about cancer. They may not know all about cancer treatments. They may not even know why the heck they're here. But they are the experts on themselves. And only they can give you the best information about themselves. Now I'll give you that, you know, maybe a patient is bringing in a family member because the patient isn't necessarily able to give you all the information, but you still have to listen to get that information out of your patient. And as you're listening to your patient throughout the evaluation, it's not just the words that they're giving you, that they're speaking, but it's also... What's in between the words? What's in between the lines of what they're telling you? What is their body language telling you that you maybe need to pick up on? Because a lot of times patients will, you know, give us some information like, yeah, I'm experiencing X, Y, and Z. But maybe they're having an even bigger problem with this problem over here. One of the examples I gave on the workshop uh, Last night was, or excuse, excuse me, it was Monday night, whatever day it was, <laughs> when I was talking about the uh, patient interview part. But a lot of times patients won't want to come outright and talk about their bowel and bladder dysfunction. That's something that can be very personal to a patient and they may not want to share that with you. And that's Okay. If they don't want to share, that is a-okay, but a lot of times patients are having this problem and they may not know where to turn. And a lot of times other medical providers don't have the opportunity to spend as much time with our patients as what we do. And so we really get to dive in and ask those questions and really get a good, honest answer on a lot of these things. So maybe your patient is talking around an issue and they're trying to see if you're giving them room or even permission to talk about these things. And it's not a matter of, you know, yes, okay, I've decided that we can talk about this problem. No, it's do they feel comfortable with you as a person, with you as their trusted medical provider, with you as their OncoPT to share the things that they are really having problems with. And hopefully they are. Hopefully you're showing them that you are, you, are trust, you are trustworthy through your evaluation. Again, a big part of why we're having this workshop here. But you are demonstrating that you are a good listener and you are listening to the patient and you are hearing them out. And that opens the doors to having a really wonderful relationship with your patients and really getting to the heart of what their problems actually are. All right, so strategy number three is be present. That means put away the documentation, put away the thoughts about what you're going to get at when you go grocery shopping later. Set aside the tablet or whatever you're using to document for just a little bit. At the beginning of the eval when you're really trying to Get to know the patient when you're starting to ask those questions about what they're experiencing, nothing is more powerful than having good old face to face without a screen in between the two of you. And I know that it's hard, right? I know that we have so much that we have to do as physical therapists. We have to document because we have the insurance who's making sure that they can pay for it and we've got this, why, you know, all these other things. But the human connection that you will establish when you are physically, emotionally, mentally present with the patient is far and above what you could ever try to do as you're thinking about all these other things on your tablet, trying to get this done. And then you've got all these other things that are just kind of whirling around the patient. Again, the patient is giving us their time because They've decided to give us a little bit of their time. You know, they don't have to. They really don't have to come into our clinic. They don't have to allow us into their um, hospital room to do an evaluation. And they may have done so begrudgingly, but they've still given us that chance. And we'd be remiss if we didn't take that opportunity to really get to know the patient. And again, this goes back to if you really want your patients to share really what's going on with you, then you have to be present with them. And especially in oncology, that is such an important thing to do because these patients are experiencing so much that is out of their control. And they've got so many providers and so many different medical appointments and treatments that they have to be on top of just having someone who's emotionally and physically available for them in this evaluation is a much, much needed component of oncology care that really shows the patients that not only are you invested in them, but you care about them. And that really leads to something that is super important that my uh, good friend Terry Couti introduced me to, but as far as shared decision making. So if a patient feels like they're a part of the equation, then they're going to be so much more invested in The treatment plan that you are creating for them to try and help them get better. But there's only one way to do that and that's actually be present and be there for the patient physically, emotionally, and mentally starting with the evaluation. Continuing of course through the rest of your treatment but especially starting with that evaluation. All right, strategy number four. So this gets into a little more of the logistics of, okay, we got to figure out what is happening with this patient here. So the question that you need to be asking is, what is the problem that the patient is experiencing? I mean, really, what is their number one problem that is bringing them in your door, in your clinic, or the reason why you're going to see them? And hopefully your patient has a little bit of an idea of what they're coming in for. Now, I say the number one problem, because a lot of times patients don't just have one issue or one impairment. They have multiple things that are going on, but there's one big thing that actually made them say, hey, I'm going to go to PT. I know that I was referred, but I'm actually going to go to PT. Or, yeah, you know, I guess it would be a good idea if the PT stopped by my hospital room today. There's... Likely one big thing that your patient is experiencing that's causing them problems with their everyday life. And if we can identify what that problem is, what that patient is experiencing that is causing them the biggest problem of all, then we're really going to be able to center in on, okay, what is, what is really motivating this patient to come to us or us to go to them and actually get better? Now, your patient is probably experiencing, again, multiple problems. But if we can hone in on what's the most important, then we can center our treatment around that big problem, center our evaluation around that big problem, find out more of what's going on. You know, this is going to help drive what further questions you're asking, what tests and measures you're going to do, what education or home exercise program you're going to be providing them with. All of that stems from knowing exactly what the patient's problem is, and if you don't know what that is, it's really easy to get lost in a laundry list of things that you might ask patient. You know, do you have fatigue? Do you have weakness? Do you have balance problems? Do you have pain? Do you have neuropathy? Do you do little? Patients probably have a lot of those things, and some of those things may actually be affecting that big problem. But we got to know what the patient thinks, and feels is their biggest problem. Because the next strategy that we're going to cover is how does that affect your patient's quality of life? So these last two strategies here are specific questions that you can actually ask your patients. So what you can do here is you know straight up, just right off the bat, ask your patient, what are you experiencing that is most problematic to you? What is your biggest problem you're facing right now? And don't just leave it at that. This is where strategy five comes in, where you ask the question, how is this affecting your life? Because yeah, a patient can tell you, yeah, I'm having some shoulder pain. It's kind of troublesome." But it's not until they really say, Yeah, I'm having this shoulder pain and it's affecting my ability to pick up my grandchild that I care for because my daughter goes to work every day. When you find out the big problem and then why the big problem is such a big problem, that is going to help you, again, not only center your evaluation on what you need to spend your time finding more about, but then how you can really get that buy in from the patient. To say, yes, PT is something I want to be a part of. I want to participate in so that I can actually get it better. Because sometimes even a big problem isn't a problem to a patient until it affects their ability to do the things that they want to and that they need to. Until they start having those restrictions that they can identify, that they can feel... Sometimes patients can live with problems. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but I see it a lot of times in my patients that, yeah, I've actually had this for a while, but when blah, blah started to happen, that's where I ne- I decided, okay, it's time to get help. So until patients can, you know, verbalize, this is how it's affecting me, and then we can bring that into our overall plan, that's going to help patients, again, one, really buy in to being a part of PT, to participating in physical therapy, but how we really know how to structure our sessions and our treatments in order to help them be able to do the things that they want to and they need to. Because ultimately, until patients... Can connect those things. They don't really care that you're going to be doing this, this, and this manual intervention and you're going to be doing these type of therapeutic exercises. They don't care about that. What they care about and what they're thinking about is this is my problem and this is how it's affecting me. So using these five strategies is going to really help you focus, laser focus your evaluations in to where you can get the most important information out of your evals that you can then use to not only drive the rest of your evals, like the selection of the questions you're going to be asking, the questionnaires you use, the tests and measures you're going to perform, but also the treatments you're going to implement and how you're going to structure the rest of your time with that patient, not only today, but in the coming days and weeks and months and maybe even years. Because we have the potential to have a really long-term relationship with our patients in that capacity, which is so, so cool. Okay, so recap of the five strategies that we talked about today. So the first thing you need to know is, yes, we can actually help these patients. Number two, listen. I mean, really listen to the patients. And be present. That's strategy number three. Be present and really listen and know that you can actually help these patients get better and do more with the life that they have. There's nothing worse than being in a state of feeling like you have to settle for where you're at, especially physically and functionally. And there's no reason for that in oncology. Truly, because we have the knowledge and the skills to be able to help patients do so much more than what they believe and what even other medical practitioners believe they can do. So those are strategies one through three. The last two, you've got to ask the patient what their biggest problem is. And then last, but certainly not least, is how that big number one problem is affecting their ability to do the things they want to and they need to. How is it affecting their quality of life? Because connecting the problems back to that for the patient is what's really going to get them to get that buy-in. To want to be a part of the vision that you are you know, creating for them. And help them live a better, more empowered life. That allows them to do the things that they want to and need to. That is most important to them. So those are my five strategies that I wanted to cover today. This is by no means a comprehensive list of all the things that I cover in my workshop. I highly encourage you to go back and watch the rest. So days one, two, and three. Day four again tonight is happening September 16th at 7 p.m. Central Time on my Facebook Live. I will have the link to that in today's show notes so you can find that. Again, really, really good stuff. And I do have a special surprise for those of you who are able to listen in live. But even if you can't make it live, if you know, you're know you listening to this later on, there is still going to be a special surprise for a very, very limited time. So make sure that you check it out. I'm super excited to finally get to share this with y'all. And I will do so tonight. So again, thank you so very much for listening to today's episode, everybody. I really, really appreciate your time. I firmly believe that oncology evaluations are one of the best ways that we can really spend to improve our overall ability to treat our patients. And yeah, I just really appreciate your time and spending it with me today. So thanks so much for listening, everybody. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the OnCo PT podcast. For more episodes, visit oncopt.com.